0: Something just rubbed me the wrong way about that, dude.
1: 2022 going
0: in? Yeah. What'd you want to say? Five, four,
1: three, two, one. Welcome back to
0: Buckle Up, baby.
1: That was right in sync. Buckle up, episode twelve, Michael. This is our special New Year's episode, wrapping up twenty twenty one, going into twenty twenty
0: two. Thoughts? Um, we started in the summer when it was very hot. Now we're both cold, so we have to wear a jacket. Freezing. Very wild. It's been probably more than twelve weeks, about thirteen weeks. is Episode twelve, about thirteen, fourteen weeks. No, we
1: stay. We we started this episode like twenty minutes late, just to get warm in here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't the hardest. This was more self inflicted. We were just kind of lazy today. Yeah, yeah. We I actually guess. had we
1: did half the podcast off camera just for fun. Yeah,
0: that was a waste. Yeah, what, once not we, on purpose. We
1: knew. We you know recording. what
0: I'm excited for? Once we get this set up where we we leave the mics here, we can just sit down and start talking. All the prelude will be on here because mm-hmm. we won't prelude while we're setting up. Right. You know oh, what I'm just saying? like the talk. The, you, the, the, you, the I op- before I the open The door. You walk up the stairs and we sit down and turn the mics on.
1: You're just trying to get to an effortless
0: place. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah <life>. is. <laughs> Honestly, I love the process. <laughs> so
1: thoughts on New Year's. What's interesting is every year this happens, but mm. like every year, it's like a new year. <laughs> every year this happens where there's an energy behind New Year's. You uh-huh. feel it, right? Uh-huh. Like you feel this sense of like motivation and also i've been editing this podcast i say like like such a beast like 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 i haven't noticed that well you're not editing well, I'm also no, not are. listening to you. Yes, you're listening to you. <laughs> you're like, fuck, I click my mouth too much. <laughs> but I notice my stuff. You notice your stuff. That's what
0: happens yeah, when you're you, editing. No, yeah. Michael
1: has been doing a lot of editing too. The load is split. We're doing... It's, doing, yeah, it's going great. Workflow's good. good.
0: You know what I do? I say what I'm going to say. I, I start off three or four times and then I, and then I say... You're yeah, like
1: an engine. You rev up and, yeah. and, and, and boom. <laughs>
0: it's like, and you launch it. That happens a few times. Yeah. But my point is
1: there is a... Um, like invigorating energy behind New Year's every Mm -hmm. year, right? And the one thing I'm doing differently this year, double-checking the recording here, say hey into your mic. Hey. Good. The one thing I'm doing here this year, differently than previous years, is as opposed to looking forward into, okay, what do I want to do in 2022, Mm -hmm. which is all just projection, I'm mm-hmm. kind of happy to report that it's nice to look back on 2021
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like and go through the checklist of things that did happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because part of the reoccurring theme that we discuss is talk versus action. How to turn these ideas that percolate in your head that frustrate you because they don't actually come into fruition – what is the mechanism? What is the means? What is the moment that it turns into something real? And how do you make that happen? Because so often everyone's like, just do this, just do that. Put your mind to it. All that Mm -hmm. motivation, follow your dreams content out there. Uh But no one identifies the precise mechanism by which you can actually make the change Mm -hmm. concretely from something existing in your head to something existing in real life. So for example, over the past year, I probably wrote down in front of me certain systems I wanted to start implementing and goals to reach. Generally, broadly speaking, this sort of it sums it up. These aren't specifically wrote it down, but it was generally grow a social media presence. Mm-hmm. Like, every single time I say it, <laughs> I'm going to catch myself. Maybe I'll practice pausing instead of saying like, growing a social media presence. I think I wrote some arbitrary numbers down. 10K on Instagram, this and this and this. But a lot of that happened
0: mm-hmm.
1: where over 2021 from 2020 to 2020 in that stretch, I'm looking back and that happened in some form. Like there is an audience, um, to make stuff for. There's a relationship yeah. that I have formed in some way, not sure how to make sense of it. And the next steps for me going to do, we could talk about of what the next steps are for that relationship that happened podcast episode 12. Hmm. That's looking back now, not looking forward, because looking forward is sort of unknown potential. None of it's real yet. It's just speculation. It's just an idea. None of it's real yet. But what is real is stuff that has already happened. And maybe what I've been doing wrong or what a lot of people do wrong is constantly in the new year, as the resolutions come and say all the things they're going to do and make all these false promises to themselves Mm -hmm. that a month and a half after that New Year's energy dies down, that hasn't happened yet. And maybe it's smarter... And more encouraging to look back on the things that you have done and mm-hmm. then double down on those because you've already done them. Mm. And I've been thinking about that coming into 2022. It's like, look back on 2021. Mm-hmm. I said, like again. look back on 2021 and say, okay, all those things did happen. And I can talk about in detail what I did differently that I think made those things happen. And I'm happy to elaborate. But.
0: Yeah, so, so the first thing I want to say is that you once told me that John Mayer came to speak to you at Berkeley. He came to speak to you. <laughs> he called you up and <laughs> said, I want to give you some advice.
1: He and, spoke at Berkeley. <laughs> I didn't get into the clinic, but they filmed it and oh, I watched the clips.
0: And I remember you said that he said the difference the difference between doing something you say you're going to do and not doing something you say you say you're going to do all comes down to writing it down. He said there's something like... 95 you're 95% more likely to do something if you just literally take a pen and write it on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Um, So which which I have been doing for a very long time, but it sounds like you also just writing down your goals, literally writing them down, which sounds so silly, but taking 30 seconds to write them down can make the world of difference. So that's cool that you actually wrote down the numbers that you wanted to get. I would love for you to walk through a couple things that you set out to do that you adapted to do and actually accomplish this year
1: okay you are mixing up several (laughs) several
0: berkeley memories that i shared with you into one when and it's beautiful
1: john mayer said a few things he talked about defining your goals and your expectations before you set out on something that was the the nugget of wisdom he dropped do you want to sell a 1,000 copies of a record or do you want to sell a million? Because each one of those things, this was also kind of in a different time Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with major labels and how to appeal to mass audiences and he would write these pop songs to try to get his record popular, but then he also threw in songs for him. He was talking about that balance because, you know, striking a balance between writing a commercially successful album that appeals to a million people might sound kind of different Mm -hmm. than, you know, wanting to appeal to a 1,000 or... 5,000 people, that might be different now to mm-hmm. those rules and what those kind of parameters are. So that was John Mayer's point, but what I did tell you was a teacher at Berkeley cited a statistic. Oh. It's okay, because it's good. Both, it's, it's all valid. But a teacher did say something that I never forgot. It was like one of my final semesters at college, and he said, they did a study on the most successful people, mm-hmm. like the Titans, the Tim Ferriss people, yeah. the billionaires. What is the one common thing habitually... One Mm -hmm. common habit that they had, that they all had in common, they wrote things down incessantly, lists, every single day. And I never wrote anything down up until that point. That was one thing that was thrown at me of all the little nuggets of wisdom and here's what you should do. I just said, oh, that I can do. And I started, and I had an iPhone or something, and I used to notes, and I started writing things down. Mm -hmm. And specifically what changed over the last, I'd say, year and a half or two years is I read a book by Scott Adams, the hypnotist, comic book uh, animator, a creator of the Dilbert comic strips. The alt right hypnotist, alt right hypnotist, comic book such an st- interesting character. <laughs> interesting. Now it's kind of like, dude, I don't know. I'm a fan still, but mm-hmm. he 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 did a lot of things in the political world in terms of analysis and predictions on trump which was interesting but more than that i kind of discovered him because he was promoting his book how to fail at everything and still win big
0: wouldn't it be funny if as he was doing his trump videos on twitter his the house in the background got like less and less nice as he lost his fortune
1: (laughs) well you know he could (laughs) of he started (laughs) out in
0: this like beautiful room
1: (laughs) welcome back to the Sun, what is it? The SIP? The Simultaneous SIP? That's the name of the
0: show. Did, you ever, like that. did you ever watch it on Twitter? Yeah, no. Dump, dump. I used to watch it all the time. He, he he would he would like be in this beautiful leather chair in It'd this like dump. gorgeous reading room in his mansion and in then Texas. by the end. Yeah, he's like in like an apartment in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, he's <laughs> dump, dump, dump. Well, it's working out great. Welcome back to the Simultaneous. I wasn't wrong, sip. but my life has he been was destroyed. Like, I <laughs> think in twenty twenty four, you might see Trump what win. You might see Trump run. You might see Bush win run you might even see bush senior
0: run <laughs> did he say that
1: No, i know he's dead but how do we know <laughs> his ideas just get so crazy and then yeah. he finds a way to make it somewhat convincible you're like yeah anyway you're that stuff aside his ideas on hacking and programming your mind for mm-hmm. success was really interesting because he spoke about things more I've, we've definitely spoken about it But he really time talks time. about the brain as not this thing that you just have this will to control. Mm-hmm. It's more like it's this hackable piece of software that you proactively have to do things around yourself environmentally to get yourself to do things. So it's like, don't say, I'm going to work out every day. I'll just work out. He's like, no. Just put your shoes on for a second. Once you put your shoes on, something happens. It's like one switch triggers another switch. You can't just start with the the behavioral pattern over here you have to set in motion things Mm -hmm. that like go way back to a system he really talks about systems versus goals right so i started taking that idea seriously of systems it's like okay forget just some arbitrary goal because and ever since i've read that book i keep hearing these ideas repeated by more and more people and articulated more and i'm sure he had something to do with it because his book talks about systems versus goals so as opposed to goals which are kind of arbitrary. You kind of don't know what you want, but you set them. What you can do on a day-to-day basis is you can't accomplish a goal every single day because those Mm -hmm. are far off and abstract, but you can do a system. And that system is when he got the opportunity to write for a successful blog, it was because he had just been blogging every single day for months, for years. I don't know how long it was, but then when the opportunity came about to write for a blog, he was ready and he had the skills and the sensibilities to do it effectively. As opposed to saying, I I really want to get a blog. And he just spent time trying to chase this goal of getting a blog. Instead, he just wrote every single day with no particular goal in mind. But him doing that system was a success. And I started doing things like that too. So I took a whiteboard and I wrote down several items, but in the form of systems, not goals. And one of them was make something every day. It was so general like that, but (laughs) it was make stuff every day. That was like 2019 systems This started in 2019. So I wasn't. Thinking to myself, I wasn't thinking to myself, I have to get to some other, from point A to point B. I was like, let me just make something. Started making a tiny piece of... So
0: so explain that. So how, how do you figure out what system you want to create if you don't know where you want to end up? Like... Like it, it, maybe you don't say it out loud or write it down, but there is a thought of like, I want. Let's say I want a million followers. Mm-hmm. So, what sort of system do I need? Is Is that how you think about it? What sort of system do I need to get a million followers? And then you come up with make something every day.
1: So I started the systems process before I really knew how to do social media properly, or when, mm-hmm. before anything was revealed to me about social media. I was doing the systems, which eventually led me to discover things about social media. So, but so my just, thing in the beginning was. Just do the systems first. Try it that way. Because there were a lot of things that hadn't happened yet where it was like, I'm trying to think for a second. I, I think what I, well, if I, if I go through what I wrote down systems wise, it'll probably help. Okay. So I wanted to get better at playing piano, certain mm-hmm. instruments that I wanted to brush up on because mm-hmm. I'm a bass player and singer, but there are other instruments I play, but I wanted to get better at. So I wrote down something like, like improve piano or piano. And harmonica, like I wrote a bunch of instruments down that I say I want to practice and get better at, but I never wrote it down and put it as a system. So I wrote those down. I wrote down certain pieces of software that I wanted to get better at using, and I like bundled two together, make stuff every day using this software. So Ableton Live. This I use Logic for music stuff, but Ableton is another program that Mm -hmm. was pretty, has been gaining in popularity and is really interesting. So So I started. I wrote that down. Use Able, like learn Ableton Live.
0: Can I interrupt for a second? Yeah. Maybe you answer your question where you start with just what do you have a passion impulse to do. Mm-hmm. And if you if you build up enough of those things and you get better at all those things, those the opp- systems will lead to opportunities. Yeah, it's more like
1: identifying what you obviously enjoy and what mm-hmm. you're good at and finding that cross-section. But the, what we're trying to solve for a lot of people and for myself, what mm-hmm. I was trying to solve is application, right? How do I apply my passions and interests right. into concrete things? Right. Because otherwise they just sit in your head like, man, I want to do more of this. So I didn't say... I did have other ones that were more goal-oriented, like long-form TV series, like get on long-form TV. Mm -hmm. Like those kinds of things were more Mm goal-oriented. But everything else was sort of informing that. Like building up. You heard what I said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't stop it every time. Now I've drawn too much attention to it. But every everything I was doing was more the systems are more like on like fitness, creative fitness, and skill building. And then the long-form goals are there too. So I wrote down. Get on a long form TV yeah. thing. I wrote down a bunch of things. I'm trying to think that were more in the goal category, yeah. but I wrote down some contacts to, to stay in touch yeah. with. I wrote down instruments I want to get better at, software I to get better at, and then I wrote down like under content. Yeah. AJ comedy, or I wrote comedy, yeah. impressions daily, yeah. post impressions daily, more comedy content, one high-res video a week, those kinds of so, things. But those are all s- yeah. systematic.
0: So this actually goes to, to to a difference between you and me, also something I'm working on, where my question already was goal-oriented and results-oriented, mm-hmm. where another way to say what I just said before is think about what, in a perfect world, if you had a billion dollars, what would you like to do every day with your time? Mm-hmm. Like what? Not not where you want to get, but what do you want to do consistently? So mm-hmm. like you're like, I want to make comedy consistently, and make mm-hmm. people laugh. So turn that into a system. Um, I want to do impressions and make people laugh. Turn that into a system. Not followers, money, contracts, etc. Even that question, but if the I had work a billion, billion itself, dollars, what's implied itself, in that? Right.
1: The implication there is that there is. I'm a trying to get to this place where I don't have to right, work right. and do anything. Right. But for me, I really like the process. I like right. the work. And what I want to do is get is is make money so I can do the work. Right. Not so, do the work so I can get the money. So that's how
0: you choose a system. What, what sort of work do you want to be doing? Um, and how do you get better at that? And then the better you get at that, when the opportunities arise, you'll be able to, go, to capitalize. I,
1: I we just come from such a culture of success, results-oriented things, where you're pressured to do something you don't like for the results, for mm-hmm. the financial stability. And in creative endeavors, you no, know, like you want to write and you want to do things. Mm-hmm. So you have... I started looking at it that way for a long time. Even before I started the systems, I, I looked at pursuits in the music industry as, well, I love making the music, so how can I make money to support that? Not how can I do the music so I can make the money?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, the money's super important, but mainly as a means to sustain a, a lifestyle and a creative um, daily regimen so that I can make the music because that's what's fulfilling. Right. The money helps to allow for that. And we come from a background where maybe the work isn't necessarily what fulfills you, but mm-hmm. the results can allow you to do things that fulfill you.
0: Great. So, so, so that so, mindset, okay. now that I shifted. that's clear. Okay.
1: So I shifted that mindset well before I started implementing these systems. Uh-huh. So I already had, I, like, I knew what I wanted to do. I just want to make music. And I just, but that always felt for years irresponsible. You can't just, like, make random music every day with no goal. Mm-hmm. I had this hat on for years of, no, no, focus, focus, focus on on goals, on right. getting to this point, making sure you're, you're, you're focused and not distracting yourself with right. practicing the piano, <laughs>
0: your feelings. <laughs> but then all of a sudden
1: you're, you you begin practicing instruments, which inspires you to make this, which then you find yourself at an opportunity. And someone says, Hey, by the way, I have this gig, but they also need to need you to play piano. Are you able to do that? And you're like, yeah, you know, these weird things start to happen when you're just putting in the effort mm-hmm. on a regular basis, you're just becoming resilient and strong and in shape creatively mm-hmm. to take on all the opportunities that come about by, you know, the efforts that you're putting in, it's a strange thing. I, I can't explain it, but I'm not saying opportunities just come out of thin air, but at a certain point you're doing these things so that when they do come, cause you're putting, you have to sort of pursue those <laughs> things too. Yeah. But once I started and, and, and because of social media, once I started able to express my efforts mm-hmm. and not just in some sort of hobbyist way where I'm, like a regimented practice where nobody sees that and, and can be impacted by it. I also wrote down on this thing, camera and shooting. I wrote like shooting lighting. Once it was there in front of me on a whiteboard every day, one day I went on Amazon and I ordered an LED, cheap LED light and a cheap GoPro that I had from like ages ago that never hooked up. So I just started going through this painful process because I wrote it down. It said shooting, lighting, shooting, lighting. Okay. And then one random day, as opposed to all the other random days before that, I put up this GoPro and it sucked and I shot my (laughs) feels and and I shot myself doing something, looping some music thing. in those early, like 2019, I I started recording myself making a video and all the lighting is terrible. And I knew it was, but I couldn't identify why it was bad, but I was like, this works. It's something. And I put it on Instagram And, and under, and when I say I put it on Instagram, underneath the shooting and lighting was post to social media like daily or whatever it was three times a week, whatever I wrote down post social media. These were like the initial stages. The next year as things started happening, I started writing numbers down, like try to get to ten to fit, you know, grow by this amount, grow by this amount. Um, but I wasn't really focused on those numbers. I was just focused on the main thing was consistency. Mm-hmm. And then the comedy stuff started happening because TikTok sort of came into the fold. It was mm-hmm. really, it was originally just Instagram, no YouTube, no TikTok. TikTok wasn't really around yet, or mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't plugged into it. But then I started doing just like that that crappy beginning stuff. Everyone you start on first base and you don't know what you're doing, so you just do it uncomfortably. Right. Then the comedy stuff started happening. Where TikTok, I'm like, well, TikTok's a new one. Let me just throw one thing up a day. I'll do an impression, but and then stumbled to, onto the Gary V. impression. <laughs> right, leaned into that super, and it artist. was easy
0: because none of your friends were on TikTok. No one was seeing yeah. you besides people on TikTok. I didn't
1: care about that per se, but I. Yeah. But the point was that all of a sudden by the time the Gary V thing went my first like viral video i guess yeah. i could say i had like done all of this stuff up until then and people came back to the profile and there was like all of this kind of stuff like this foundation and also these best practices of mine that it wasn't so hard to continue <laughs> I think if I posted that and it just went viral, I would have been like, I don't know what to do here. Like mm-hmm. I've never made another video. That just happened to go. And a lot of people kind of burn out because they don't, haven't built up the fitness.
0: Yeah, it's actually, I, whenever I see like yeah. an awesome video and it has like 500,000 likes, I'm like, oh, who is this person? And that's the only video they have with 500,000 likes. I'm always like, oh, that's so interesting. I wonder where you go from there. Right. Um, and inevitably they don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it was yeah, like, there so was that, a scary moment I was sense. like
1: what do I I went I went over like over the course of a week and after posting for like a year with very mm-hmm. little anything. And I was doing I would try to boost a post, pay for like paid 50 bucks to see what it would happen then. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And it was just more of a patience game where over the course of a week and I went from a few hundred followers on Instagram to like 2000. And like it's it's like it, it it plateaued off there for a while, but I was like there's 2000 people in here on this page. And mm-hmm. then I was like, "Whoa, this is what happened, but it wasn 't like overnight, it was that whole buildup right I hope that answered the question thoroughly for anyone wondering out there, well, what made the difference? It was those it wasn 't that I posted every day and did it was, but before I did that, mm-hmm. what nobody talks about is what to do to get to the thing, right what to do to get to these things that you need to do? Yeah. Yes, you need to post consistently, right. but beneath that, how do you get yourself to build up a new habit of posting consistently right. that 's the real You know,
0: it's very different than the message I'm used to seeing from these kind of motivational speakers of like sort of like manifesting what you want in the world, setting goals, saying it out loud and going towards just going straight towards that that goal. This is much more like um, it's almost like spiritual. It's like it's more like don't don't go outward, go inward. And the and the deeper and and the the more the more deeply you go inward, the more things will start coming around you. Almost what like, I'm saying is go inward. Yeah, like 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 go inward towards the process. Um, get better, get deeper, and and then things will start coming towards you instead of going towards the thing mm-hmm. that you want.
1: Yes, there's a spiritual component to it for sure. But Well me well, you know at it,
0: that's how I would think about it. It's, I look it's, at it more as
1: just hyper practical. Like, yeah. don't tell me mindset don't tell me manifest Mm -hmm. yes those things help and even affirmations help i was doing those too admittedly like i repeat certain things to myself on a daily basis that Mm -hmm. sort of help prime the focus and everything but tell me exactly what to do Mm -hmm. in other words yes i want to get in shape you don't manifest getting in shape by thinking about it teach me how to do the push-up just one push-up first then two then ten like there is a there is a process before the process that most people aren't conscious of because then you mm. hear all this motivational, like you know mumble jumble, and you sit there and you're like,
0: okay. Well, the, the, what do I do again? And and going back to last week, that's Tim Dillon's process, mm-hmm. problem with like he's like hustle work to be charged by the way.
1: Oh, um,
0: yeah, yeah let me good? yeah let me double check we double check.
1: Uh, quick ad break as Michael checks the camera. Remember, we're talking about creative pursuits on this special New Year's episode, January 2022, coming up, wrapping up 2021. Is it in? Is it charging? Are we good? Because we don't want a dead camera. We're dropping nuggets here of wisdom. Yes, yes. She doesn't say, should be good. Michael's returning to the studio, and he's back. Welcome <laughs> well, back to
0: <laughs> Buckle Up. Thank you, BetterHelp.com. Okay, BetterHelp.com, um, yeah, we'll, appreciate it. Yeah, we'll, yeah, when you hear hustle, work, 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 it's mm-hmm. like, how do I work? What do I do? And so Scott Adams comes with it with the question of, mm-hmm. you set up these systems, you so, get better at what you want to do, and then when the opportunity comes, you'll be ready. Ooh, <laughs> that's a big. <laughs>
1: that's Christoph Waltz in, uh, in Glory's Best. <laughs> that's
0: a bingo. <laughs> Is that not <what's> the game?
1: <laughs> um, he answered that question that nobody else had answered. Mm-hmm. Put in to work. Put it to work. Yeah, I get it. But that's yeah. the... How do that, you work? That's the tendin. What do I do? Yet? Yeah, I, I get it. That's the idea. I always was like, <laughs> I'm ready to work. I'm not complaining about what work it takes. But what do I do? What yeah. do and, t- and, and basically, Scott Adams said, write it down in front of you and treat it as a system. Not as a goal, and of all the things I happen to stumble across, that one stuck, and mm-hmm. that one I can only recommend because it worked for me right. in terms of changing output, changing how I applied my ambitions, mm-hmm. treating things like a system. And then I have all this like these pieces of music that I haven't ha- haven't done anything yet, but they've taught me how to use the software that I wanted to use. It sort of solved all these multifaceted problems by just mm-hmm. doing it. Then I made content doing it. And therefore, it wasn't this overwhelming, oh man, it wasn't like this, it looked at it more like a skill stack, where everything was sort of helping everything at once, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, if you told me, well, you have to record music every day to get to your goal, and then you have to make content, and then you have to do, and you you hear all that, and you're like, I can't do all those things. No, no, the real answer is, write down the things you want to do as a system, and then see what happens, as it sits there right in front of you. You'll start on one. And then while you're recording in Ableton Live, learning that software, because you're making stuff every day, Mm -hmm. you pick up a harmonica and record that, because you wanted to do that, you know? And then you book your piano lesson after that with this guy who's teaching you a few things. And then somebody asks you to play on this track, and you can actually play the piano part. So you're expanding on that. And then you've built up a bunch of instrumentals that you pitch to a producer who's got a show that he's working on, because you wanted to work on a show. Mm -hmm. So things just start to...
0: So help me out Because I'm I'm still A little bit confused About how to start Maybe it's because I'm so results oriented If I wanted to make My own system for myself For 2023 Mm 2022 How Where would I start are you, you rapping for the walk, audience? Walk, or are you asking for no, me? No, no, I really self. am serious because I un- I understand the word you're saying, mm-hmm. but then I'm trying to imagine you writing a, making a system, and right. I still don't know exactly what it means to take your goals and turn them into a system. It's pretty simple. Listen. So 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 yeah. yeah. Inspiration. <laughs> motivation. <laughs> deviation. Condensation.
1: Condensation. <laughs> reverberation. <laughs> remediation. Recovery. <laughs> motivation. And love. Um, <laughs> with those things combined, you, you're guaranteed for success. You can't go wrong. Um, so, so you're saying what? What should you do? So let, let's you want me to say, tell you what you should do?
0: Yeah. That's yeah, what you want. Yeah. Let's say, let, let, let's what do you say, like to do? Okay. Write. Well, I it. know this. I, you yeah, I like, you to like to write, write and create pilots. stories. Yeah. You like to write TV pilots. TV pilots. I really enjoy doing that. Like original, out there ideas, not based on something else. Necessarily, do you write TV pilot
1: ideas every day for a fixed amount of time?
0: No. Do I write new? Do I come up generate new ideas? No, I don't. Do
1: you go to the lab Mm -hmm. with an empty pen and paper, computer, whatever it may be, and write? Like, so I have one thing to say to you:
0: stop lying to yourself. (laughs) Do I write? Yes, I I do write. Do I come up with new ideas every day? Not necessarily. I'm just saying,
1: do you put pen to paper every day? Yes, you do.
0: Yeah. How long? Um, how long do I write for? Literally, Is it a fixed amount of time that
1: you're doing it. I'd say
0: at least on a on a great day, three and a half hours. Yeah, on a bad day, an hour and a half. Right, but you're doing this on a daily, five days a week. Yeah, not Sunday. I'm Saturday. Sitting at my desk in Writing. front of my laptop, like I mean, I, I'm trying to to punch the keys, but I'm sitting in front of an open script. Or like an open notepad.
1: And you're writing dialogue, you're writing what?
0: Some days Treatments? some days it's thinking sort of thinking about the world and the characters and like trying to to really hone in on what story I'm trying to tell and mm. what the mechanics are. Like what, what what is the thing? Yeah. Some days it's literally writing scenes and dialogue and yeah.
1: Okay, so that system's pretty good. That's mm-hmm. already an effective system. Okay. So don't look at each day as like, well, nothing happened with this yet. I think uh-huh. you've got to get that out of your head. If you wrote something that day, that's like a success. Mm-hmm. That's like work, a, a workout. Like, so, so,
0: so that would be my you're in better shape, TV pilot writing system. Sit down every day and write. But it's only TV pilots
1: is what you want to be doing?
0: Uh, well, I'm, I'm just giving an example. That, okay. that's one That's one goal. So well, that's not a goal. That's just something I like to do. Yeah, something yeah. you
1: do on a day daily basis. That's yeah. good. What, any other things creatively?
0: Um, I like doing this. I like sitting. I, I like editing right. the reels. Right, we're doing that day. daily. We yeah. kind of are. Uh-huh.
1: So that's good. And then there's the element you were saying of your own content. A couple of funny videos. You said right. you want to be doing that every day. Right. So making, it, which is exercising your. Like perform my, Funny my performance muscle. You're writing a little yeah. sketch, which probably can inform the writing in the beginning. Yeah.
0: It's, it's taking little ideas I would have in the shower or something and mm-hmm. actually cementing them in, in something concrete mm-hmm. um, where other people could see them instead of just being forgotten.
1: Right. And I guess the only thing missing from the equation is, with the exception of posting on your own TikTok, mm-hmm is how to get the writing expressed in some kind of way that's not just sitting on a computer, getting no exposure to anything. Right. In other words, right. what if you, on Twitter or whatever, there's got to be an app, or there's a social media app that's just for writing, right? You might know about it. Isn't there?
0: Tw- uh, just to connect with other writers?
1: No, not like to connect with writers, so that people can consume your content in a way that where they're like, I love this little story. I love this little thing. There that was are, cool.
0: They're like self-publishing platforms. Right. What's like um, the written form, TikTok?
1: You know, is there one where people can react, engage with Twitter? Stuff? Yeah, Twitter. Twitter,
0: yeah. Oh, was that a setup?
1: For no, Twitter? it's Twitter. Yeah. It is Twitter, but if that's something you're interested yeah. in, in getting, in getting light onto your work. It's hard. Like so getting I mean, exposure yeah. for your work to, to, to people to react, to, to make impact on I've somebody. I've
0: done it on Facebook and I've done it on Instagram and people generally, it's very, very difficult to, to get a large amount of people to read more than a paragraph or right. two anywhere. Like you can't really put up a two-page story or a five-page story anywhere, unless it's riveting, and then they have to go read the whole thing. Even, even so, I mean, I suppose if if you have like a real grand slam, right? Like, mm-hmm. but um, but but then you have a grand slam and, and whatever. Um, but even so. I mean it, even so it's I think it's really difficult to get anyone. I mean on Instagram I tried different things with like cartoons and mm-hmm. like the slides and stuff just a few sentences on, on each page but You those, mean for
1: those biblical combos? Yeah
0: yeah those re- and and people a couple people read them but most people don't want to read text on these platforms. They want to Yeah but how long did you did pictures. you do it for a minute and then did stop? Did it for like a year. Did it for a whole year. Right. And no people people read it but it's it's just not the right medium for the written.
1: That could be word. but you also stopped before you discovered what the right medium was, didn't you? Um Didn't <laughs> you did biblical commas and then stopped. I'm just asking.
0: I did I did a a, a full cycle for the year. Right. But yeah, and, and then I stopped. And then you stopped. But but I've done but I've also written, you know, long form sort of a collection of short stories that mm-hmm. also it I mean, for what it was, it did very, very well. But um, what was that? Like Red Zen, the the collection of short stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you're just not gonna get a ton of people to read Things online, it's like th- that's that's pretty well understood. So if I was getting creative, long I don't have online. the answers, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. the yeah, systems are.
1: No, you're yeah. asking what you should do to to what exactly? Well,
0: it, no, it, it would be more producing. For what we're stuff. talking about would be more producing uh the films or the pilots, or right. like putting it onto camera, yeah. less, it onto, less than the. the that's
1: what it's meant for. Yeah,
0: yeah, I have I have shorts, short shorts, also that are just like a page long, right. That I've I've thought about putting on Facebook, also or putting out as like a a little book of mine. Yeah. Um, Then the question is: Are
1: are you aspiring, or is your main I guess goal is the right word? But what do you see yourself as a filmmaker or uh, a screenwriter? You know, because then you're like looking at this as a seed of something, Mm -hmm. but the system continues to say. Now I want to shoot one of my stories a month right. and turn it into something that people can watch and consume mm. visually, yeah. which would mean either I get the camera and mm. I get some student film people to partner up and shoot this one scene. Yeah. And then I post that scene and yeah. then you're treating yourself more as a general creator of right. media. That's a good, you know, so, yeah, so, 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 so that you can express your ideas. And at first it looks yeah. a little raw and then it gets a little better before, you know, it, you have these tiny little bits of scenes that people are consuming in one to two minute pieces. So to bring it
0: back, how, how would I systemize
1: that? Well, the hard thing about film itself is it requires mm-hmm. a lot of a lot can't of just like it requires a team. Day, yeah. But, you know, you could you could read it mm-hmm. and like visualizers and mm-hmm. put little mm-hmm. scenes together with visual and text so that somebody can watch on Instagram right. and like So, scene 1. W- what I, would
0: I write on the on the whiteboard? I'm trying to get real specific. What yeah, would I write yeah. on the
1: whiteboard? You'd say like write every day. Uh-huh. You you probably would say something like to the effect, you would write your general goals. TV pilot, this and this. You would write the networks you wanna, like, connect with. Uh-huh. AMC, this and that, whatever it may be. Hulu, and maybe some contacts you have under there that just kind of stare at you. Mm-hmm. So that when you have an idea and you're like, hey, have this. You write something. You think of this person. It, there's a connection that can kind of form as mm-hmm. you see the different people. Okay. Your best for for certain dr- dr- <coughs> drama ideas, maybe it's Hulu and this person. For some, yeah. for another type of vibe, it's this person uh-huh. that you might know. And then maybe it's um, your Twitter game. I would say it's tweeting. Uh-huh. You're, into, you're good at the captions on our stuff. Yeah. You have a natural flavor and style that I say comes through best. Try to tell people what to do specifically at this level.
0: Because
1: yeah. um, if, if you're that clueless, you're fucked. No. <laughs> I would say when I look at some of the stuff you put out, yeah, to turn a scene into some movie is a big ask. But if you were interested in doing that, get a camera, shoot one scene, okay. or shoot, you know, learn how to make content that supports the work, that, that features it in some way. Twitter's a good way to right. introduce people to your mind, to right. your brain. If you tweeted daily right. to build up a Twitter following, right. hey guys, just published this article in, you know, uh, right. you know, Excuses Daily, this magazine. <laughs> I don't know what you <laughs> um, Excuses Magazine, that that's a is great a great idea. idea. <laughs> Um, that is a good idea. <laughs> excuse all the reasons you're not doing something. <laughs> Just uh, what I mean is, so with great excuses. What, <laughs> what was easy with comedy and content was it's all one and the yeah. same. To me, the video I make on TikTok for a funny bit is the art. I don't it, have to yeah. make a video that supports the art, so that helps. Yeah. So what medium in the in there are there are like platforms now that yeah. can bring yourself to an audience and connect oh, to Twitter's people. A good if that's what it, you yeah. want to do. So Twitter for yeah. you because you're writing yeah. and you could write funny ideas and things like when I watch. When I follow certain people who tweet, I always can see their personality in it. Uh-huh. I'm not good at it, yeah. but
0: Tim Dillon is good at it. I have a lot of it. Twitter Can And accounts. you have a lot of
1: Twitter people you follow pretty pretty adamantly, right? Well, the thing
0: is I haven't been on Twitter in six years. Right. Since 2016. I, I think I, it's time. I feel like you're back back on treating it. me like Gary Vee himself. You know, I, have a, I have a Twitter account called Blockbuster Originals, right. which is like um, if Blockbuster started their own streaming service. Right. And just with awful ideas for original, <laughs> like original content.
1: Right, right, right. Just
0: outdated, hacky, yeah. awful TV shows. Um, uh, so I started, I do a couple, and then I sort of give up. But that's the thing. Yeah, Everything. The, the, the common
1: thread you know. with all of this is you kind of know. It's yeah. just that if Biblical Tombos was still going strong, it would probably be stronger, better, and a little more adept to what's going on. And maybe you would have said, I started Instagram, but then this other thing came up that's that was a lot better for what right. I was doing, but I was doing it. So it was an easy transition. Now you'd feel like I have to start biblical combos up again. It's been, it's, you know, right. The consistency stopped. So you didn't find your way.
0: Yeah. Just it. Biblical combos was a, mm-hmm. a weekly project based on the Bible portion of that week. It was kind of like a funny, weird take on whatever the story was happening. Right. So, and then I would put that up on Instagram. It, it was a conversation between two characters. I put that up on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, and it was for, like, a group of, like, 20 people who enjoyed it. It ended right. up being... Um,
1: now, I remember, right. I didn't always get through a few of them because some of it was a little bit graphics-dense and I couldn't figure out what I was reading. Mm-hmm. But I could have seen that, say, eventually getting to a place where you uh, hired an, or hooked up with an animator guy who mm-hmm. really liked it, put audio to it, and tiny little... And it became this... You know what Freedom Tunes is? No. No. It's the guy who does all the intellectual dark web characters and he voices all the characters and it's animated. So there's like a Jordan Peterson, you know, but it's like, come on, man. And he does all the bits. And it's like Ben mm-hmm. Shapiro. I was like, yeah, man, he's like a cartoon. And he's built up this big YouTube following. Yeah. Biblical combos naturally to me translates to that where it's first. If you look at my, if you look at anybody's Instagram with a ton of followers, you go to the first post. It's comparable to Biblical Convos to your initial mm-hmm. efforts that that first year or two mm-hmm. or 10 or 20. The first year or two, let's say. It's baby stages, fetal stages. It's not figured out yet what it is. But if you plow through with the consistency, mm-hmm. you may be in a spot. Now, I'm not trying to make you feel regretful, but yeah. you certainly would be in a better position yeah. to to learn about what it is and what tools better, ex- are, better serve the right, content. Because right, right, right. right. the content's interesting and yeah. you were spoofing the Bible. Yeah.
0: You're risking yeah. your life. <laughs> no, I felt um, it was a lot of work and, and I also yeah. didn't, I liked like... Ten percent of them. I really liked ten percent of them. The rest of them felt a little bit forced, and I and I was just kind of like, "This isn't." I, I was like, "I gave, I committed to a year. I did a year, yeah." But I'm not even enjoying this so right. much. The dip got you. It, it it was a dip, and I didn't see the other side of it. Right. I was like, um, I was like, maybe I could get really, really good at this. Um, but I don't. But even if I did, I don't necessarily see the because some of them I thought were really good, mm-hmm. and even those didn't didn't get a lot of eyeballs. Um, so it was like. Um, I'm happy I made those. Mm-hmm. But even if I get really good at this, I'm not exactly sure where it's heading. Um, and I'd rather just make them as they come to me instead of uh, pushing through that dip. Right. Yeah.
1: Now, again, I'm not a writer, so I don't know what the uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Instagram right. video, YouTube version of writing is, Yeah, if there is a place. But maybe... I let's, Twitter. I think Twitter. Twitter, for sure, sure. But let's say you started posting on a random thing every day or like maybe complete ideas to fruition, like a whole scene yeah. every week to finish a whole scene maybe some app gets developed next year that we haven't heard of yet that's for writers mm-hmm. and you're already pri- primed to do it because you have tons of written right. content that could go to it right. I don't know but I would just say above all else is consistency because yeah. with consistency it all gets better and then your opportunities find their way yeah So think
0: of someone like um, John you ever see how-to with John Wilson? no Oh, it's awesome. It's on HBO. It's, it's, it's these video essays where guy, a guy basically walks around the city oh, yeah. and just He's takes little kind of snapshots. Oh, yeah, our mm-hmm. friend is, mm-hmm. is, is involved with mm-hmm. someone who works on it now. Um, involved. She's, like, uh, working with him. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, no, like, a guy, I feel like a project like that comes out of systems thinking mm-hmm. where it's sort of he just does what seems right to him um, and then builds it, and then kind of sees where it takes him.
1: And he didn't say, "Oh, I'm going to get this on Hulu or wherever I get distributed. Yeah. I'm going to make something.
0: Right? That's what I want right, to do. Right.
1: In and of itself, I'm right. going to make something. Right?
0: So I think if I if I committed to making some 30 second video for TikTok every day, you can get to a place like that where you you land on something that feels right.
1: And then it's and then it gets more macro. Like mm-hmm. I want to tell this story, right. and I want to tell it in three pages, or I want to tell it in a screenplay, mm-hmm. or in whatever form. But the point is, if you're writing every single day, mm-hmm. every it's very analogous to fitness. Any physical, and you know, when you're in shape and you work out every day, all the different physical endeavors you could be on it will be easier to do. Mm-hmm. You'll climb this mountain, you'll go on this hike, you'll ride this bike, you'll swim across this lake. The point is, you're working out every mm-hmm. day. You're not saying, right. I want to swim across that lake and on that lake only. No, you're working out every day so that when these different right. resistance, you know, right. when these different you know, things of resistance come against you, you're able to tackle them right. or these different endeavors that require. You to be
0: in shape creatively,
1: yeah. you know. That's the it's, answer. That's the best right, answer. So it I would give be
0: me. like I want to be creative. So the same way I'm going to show up to the gym every day, I'm going to show up to my desk every day. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, the same way. I do for ten push-ups a day. I'm going to like write two scenes every day. And there's so a, and then yeah.
1: There's a great podcast with Seinfeld on the Tim Ferriss show. Did you listen to that one? Jerry Seinfeld on Tim. Yes,
0: Ferriss. he Seinfeld. Is great. Uh, I'm so, I'm so, uh, I'm just really so cynical. He's great. And I bought his book right afterwards. Uh-huh. Something, something just rubbed me the wrong way about that dude. About the book? Or about, about Seinfeld. The, why? Everybody, you don't trust a single. You, you human told being. me to listen to it. No, and, no, no, no. I know I trust him. Oh no, I totally trust him. No, it's. it's I, I don't think there's anything. I told you to, to listen to that him. podcast. Yeah, no, and, and? I, and I listened. I listened. I was in traffic on the way to the city, and I listened. And then I bought the book afterwards. Mm. Uh, Is this something by? Yeah, Jerry I, did, Seinfeld, I bought that too. By Jerome Seinfeld. His, um, <laughs> his, I. It bothers me when people have such little sympathy or empathy for people who can't get it together. And maybe I'm guilty of that also. But his, like, um, his, he has, first of all, he's way older than, I thought, I think he's, he's is 60. he 60? Yeah. yeah. 60. He And he has a little bit of that attitude of just, like, why don't you just do it? Why don't you just get it together? Um, which I think is right. But um, he also came up in a time where it was easier. It's It seems like. I'm not comparing myself to Seinfeld. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, I'm gonna sound like an like an ass, but I'm just gonna say it. He he came up in a time where if you were a really talented comedian and you did enough stand up, you got a show on a, on a major network. That's just that was just the environment. And he sort of acts like everyone now should also be able to have that sort of success if they just sort of do the things you're supposed to do. And it bothers me a little bit. Okay. I'm going to... Now you go. I'm going to (laughs)
1: say a few things.
0: Okay. One of them is going (laughs) to... It's his attitude. One of them is going to articulate what you're feeling
1: about him. I think even better than you just did. Okay. And I actually think it's by saying the exact opposite of what you just said. I'm excited to hear. Okay? Here's why you're wrong, but you actually feel this way. Seinfeld came up in a time where you had to be green lit. It was actually much, much harder as a talented comic to make it because it relied so much on parties that be mm-hmm. somebody had to discover you the timing had to be right so many shows got shelved a lot of talented comics didn't see the light of day they had no means to get an audience to see them or hear them unless they got on some major show that had that funding distribution and attention to get people mm-hmm. the couple of people that we see that made it of the Seinfeld's and everybody loves Raymond there's like Probably hundreds of comics behind them that never ever ever saw the light of day in terms of a mass audience. They work, they they work probably working comics. There's tons of people talented, and I'm sure Jerry would probably attest to that. Yeah, unfortunately, he never broke. He never broke. He never broke. Such a great comic, such a great talent. Now, he was one of those lucky people that, Mm -hmm. in a sense, got his shot and, you know, is what he is. But I think what bothers you about Seinfeld, probably more. I don't know if you agree with what I just said, because back in his day, there was no social media. There was no any way to get an audience I, but those but those mechanisms. I think
0: I can finish that thought, but I want to hear you say it.
1: I'm going to say what you might not like, what you might not. I don't want to be presumptuous, but what might bother you about Sanford, and what bothered me a little bit in that interview was his attitude about who can make it and who cannot is very binary. He's the type of guy who, ironically, it came across that he would say to somebody, eh, it's not for you. <laughs> you know what no you're just not that funny i'm sorry some people have it some people don't if you have it and you go for it you're in for a hard ride but it's just for some people and it's not for other people sorry if you're funny you're funny if you're not funny you're not funny and these people who want to get into comedy i say don't do it i get to do it you don't get to do it bill maher is the same attitude fame is not for everybody it's for me and it's for my people Stop trying to be so he shits on like TikTokers and Gen Z Bill Maher, that is, mm-hmm. who's sort of a colleague a little bit in that yeah. same generation same generational comic as Seinfeld, and they sort of look with disdain on the yeah. new media and entertainment. Ah, eh, these people don't deserve it. We're the funny ones or the protectors of the gate. And for these people who think they're funny, they're not funny. You know, that attitude, which is ironic because he tells stories of Mitzi at the it was a great at, story. At the, yeah, at the comedy store, who said, "I'm gonna be one of these people that stomps on you." Not enough people say no to you, Jerry. I'm gonna be one of those people. So you would think he would empathize with people who are getting discouraged. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he's not wrong. You know, there are people who are funny. All these interests and and if if Seinfeld were to tell you a, 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 an aspiring comic they're not funny and they and those per, that person set out to prove Seinfeld wrong, yeah. great. Seinfeld doesn't care at the end if they win.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't think that's the attitude. But this binary attitude, I would prefer somebody say. What, what I would agree with more is give it a shot. See where you're at. I yeah. don't know. I don't decide. I know what I think is funny, yeah. but I'm not setting some sort of rule that it's It's certainly not for everybody. That's yeah. true as a general statement. But I can't make that determination. And he probably would agree yeah. with that too. But he comes off sometimes as saying, nah, it's such a grueling hard. Anybody who would want to get into this, you really have to love it. He's, he's yeah. not, he didn't say anything I disagreed with really no. overtly. But more of the vibe that you're describing is this binary attitude of, Right. It's for me, honey, not for you.
0: Totally, I and I hate that. I hate that. Like, um, right? You're either funny, and you're not. I'm one of the lucky ones, and 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 then not not quite acknowledging how lucky he is. So so it's what you said. It's that binary plus mixed with your right. You're. I said I said it wrong. There's a ton of gatekeepers, and it's almost, it's almost it's almost impossible to make it. He happened to get lucky enough to do it, and he attributes a lot of that to his own work ethic and his own talent and his own he, 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 just himself where the truth is he actually got extremely lucky and he actually got extremely lucky and and it it feels like in the 80s and 90s just a, a, as a straight white guy there were more opportunities for straight white guys like him to get lucky than there are now where I don't really buy that is chris me? rock
1: less like more lucky or less lucky or or people who weren't straight white guys who made no, it in that era I,
0: well i think i think chris rock or all the african-american yeah, I'm, I'm a, all the african-american
1: sitcoms of the 90s that were
0: huge i i'd say if you were an african-american who got a sitcom in the 90s you were let's say a thousand lucky whereas if you were a white guy you were like a hundred lucky like you had to be extremely lucky and extremely talented to be chris rock you just had to be pretty lucky and pretty talented to be jerry seinfeld not, n- not to be Jerry Seinfeld, but in to my get a show ex- my on ABC. Limited
1: experience so far. Mm-hmm. The hardest working guy in the room wins. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Explain why just Jerry. Why? Did, when did Seinfeld stop airing?
0: I think I want to say 2,000.
1: And why didn't he disappear 21 years ago? Why I, is he still as culturally relevant I, I, as ever?
0: I'm not saying he's not talented yeah. and he doesn't work hard. I, it would just be nice for him to also say, "And I got extremely lucky." And honestly, I have no idea how it happened.
1: Several times on the podcast, yeah. he acknowledges the success he didn't say of it Seinf- once. He acknowledges the know, success of Seinfeld is entirely mis- un- a mystery to him. Uh-huh. Why people would ever like the show, George? Because uh, Jason Alexander. Mm-hmm. Actual name, Jay Greenspan, by the way.
0: Hmm. Yeah, Spoke at
1: BU when I was in Boston at the time in school and I saw him speak. But he said when they were discussing the show in the first season, he'd say, like, Jerry, what do you think? You think this is a he's not George in real life. He's not like Jerry, Jerry. (laughs) He was like, Jerry, what do you think? Do you think this is going to work? Or Jerry said to him, do you think this is going to work? He's like, Jerry, I love it. But who's going to get this? Because it's such inside baseball, like Jewish dynamics, humor. This isn't going to have mass appeal. We'll have fun making it. Whatever. So yes, he got lucky in a sense. But, and not just in a sense. The show, he acknowledges that. But he's a hardworking, serious, serious comic. And doesn't really rest on his laurels. He made... Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, which I found was a better, to me, I connected with more as a show than even oh, I hate it. I love it. Oh, it's, it's I if, love it.
0: if you don't. But it's I mean, that vibe. For that some, even, yeah, oh, it's, it's the vibe. It's the only thing. The whole thing is the vibe. Yeah. yeah but I he mean, does, does have that's this, that's what Bill Burr it.
1: said to him. He's like, people think you're like this clean comic. Dude, you have this, disdain for humanity. Oh, <laughs> you are dark. This guy is dark. And there's, yeah, then there's yeah. a, but there's, I know there's that arrogant sort of like, hmm. You know, it's I don't know what
0: it is cause, I mean, but I
1: described it to you. I, I described how you feel about it better than you did.
0: <laughs> you know, no, no, you did, and, and and you get that same feeling sometimes when you're in like someone has a really nice house and you're there in the summer, mm-hmm. and 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 they just sort of sit back and like it's this vibe of like I'm 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 one of the fortunate few who got smiles upon, mm-hmm. and like instead of taking that and becoming like really humble and like giving back to be like I don't deserve any of this, I'm just like lucky to be here it's this like i'm gonna put up gates so the so the unlucky don't touch me i like if you get touched by the unlucky ones then you turn unlucky. and he gives you that vibe oh so much so much of like uh, <laughs> i don't want to be around these comics who think they're funny and they're not like um there's and, something and there's something about just, his it, confidence I'll,
1: and and lack of you know there's something about his sense of like hyper self-awareness that i respect and i connect with in it's other honest. words,
0: it's honest, it's honest. Yeah. So
1: I can't fault him for that because he's not being snooty. Yeah, He's just like, I, I was once talking to John Stossel, the journalist, John Stossel. Mm-hmm. Remember he came as a surprise for like Disgrace, my birthday thing? Disgraced
0: journalist, John Stossel? <laughs> no.
1: He said to me, he's, I, he's I was in the in, building on the west side and Seinfeld's apartment was like for in that same, in the same building we were in. Yeah. John Stossel tells me, I was, in, I was in Jerry's apartment for like this party for the building and we all walked in. I started talking to Jerry. <laughs> You're going to like this. But you'll get it. And John Stossel tells me, about a couple sentences into the conversation, I was like, anyway, and Seinfeld goes, wait, we don't need any more friends. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) And just calls out the small talk. And he's Seinfeld, so of course Stossel probably laughed it off. But he's like, we don't need to do this. Right? We have we have enough friends. Okay, it's good to see
0: you. Right, right. So that so that's hilarious hearing it from me. Yeah, what a dick! What a dick to say that to another human being. Right, like I, I, that's the thing that. Or that, maybe
1: he's just Seinfelding it and calling out the obvious thing that they're both thinking. Maybe, like, is he making a joke or is he being insulting? And it's a fine line. But like, if Tim yeah.
0: said that, you'd be like, I love it. Um. Yeah. If, if 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 it was funny, if it was funny, but I think
1: in the moment he's like, "What are we doing? We're two guys in our sixties trying to make friends." <laughs> you know, there's a funniness to it. There is a fun- there's a funniness at, at Stossel's second, expense. Second yeah. But Stossel's a successful guy. Jerry's is, He's like, we don't need to do this. Yeah
0: no, no, it's, it's not so... It's funny because Tim Dillon, I think, has a love for humanity, and he actually... He, it's a joke. If it's not a joke, it's really not. And the opposite not, is Jerry is all cruel. wholesome
1: and whatever, but he's
0: disdained for... He's, his, yeah, it's, like Bill really, said, it's a great You're so call. dark.
1: This guy's dark.
0: Yeah. <laughs> dude,
1: dude. <laughs> um, uh, I hear what rubs you the wrong way. Yeah. There's something it's about... It's not it. just
0: him. It's people like him. People like him. Right. But you
1: know, he might have a disdain for humanity. He has such a love for comics and comedy. That it offsets she, that. in no, The art. He's such an artist. She, she, it and, seems he's, like- and he loves it so much. He loves comedians. He loves jokes. Mm-hmm. He loves the process. He gets... The reason I brought him up was he He has a private studio where he goes every single day and just writes. And he spoke about it on the podcast with yeah. Tim Ferriss. Seinfeld's process of this grueling, painful endeavor. And he lives to make other people laugh. So I think he exposes, exp- like expels all his... Positive energy out on the audience, and then I have. Who knows? I'm not, I'm, I don't. I don't want to get into his head. Here's my but theory. I respect
0: him as an artist. You have to. I on. don't know. I have trouble believing that Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> who I know he's a dear friend, Jerome, <laughs> Jerome. Um, that for. I'm um, also. I love Curb and, and Seinfeld. Just right. disclaimer. Um, I have trouble believing when he says, "I love making people laugh." I think he loves the power writing jokes. And and he loves, he loves yeah, hearing a room full of laugh. I don't buy that he enjoys that he wants to bring joy to people. I don't buy that. I Do you? know what you mean. Do you? No, because a care. journalist
1: asked him in a interview about his process. He was doing a tour, and he's like, "Does it feel powerful <laughs> to have the room around your finger?" He goes, "Oh
0: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. nothing yeah. like it, yeah." and he loves constructing a he very finely-tuned joke yes. and controlling the room. Whereas... But so, it's
1: win-win. All entertainers do it selfishly in some
0: way. Sure, sure. Um, he's just honest. But th- that goes into the basket of of stuff that that bothers me as a human being. I find him hilarious. Mm-hmm. I think he's Jerry Seinfeld. He's great. <laughs> um, but I don't want to watch comedians in cars getting coffee and just watch him, like, you know, sit... I think, I forgot who said this, but he, he's sitting in restaurants he could buy on the spot if he wanted to. And there's something very humorless about that. There's something not funny about him talking about the ketchup sitting in a restaurant he could buy if he wanted to.
1: You know, this podcast is going to turn into Michael destroying icons of
0: American entertainment,
1: cinema, music. You, you hate Bob Dylan. You hate Jerry
0: Seinfeld. Who's next? Some a friend of mine called me this weekend. He, he said I'm I'm too cynical and too skeptical and and uh, I need to do ketamine therapy. Okay,
1: <laughs> you hate Bob Dylan, boomer bitch, MDMA therapy. hated him. You hated yeah. uh, you hate Jerry Seinfeld now, Jerry yeah, but, but Seinfeld. this whole life, I think I think you tend to categorize people into these boxes of pedestaled successful people who just have no problems and just exist on this other frequency. And then these other people, and then your kind, and then where you are or whatever, you always kind of box these people in. Jerry can just do whatever he wants. Jerry's this demigod and he knows it and can just buy the restaurant technically maybe, but I, I just, I can't, I don't, I can't get down with that perception of the made it's and the not made it's. It's mm-hmm. all kind of a spectrum and it's a matter of degree of different things.
0: You know, I wouldn't say it's a made it not made it thing. But if, if he's and sure, he's entitled
1: to live like a human and go into a coffee shop I, and I'm, talk
0: about ordinary things. I, I'm sure he doesn't sit there thinking to himself I mean, I don't know. I, I think maybe he does think to himself once in a while. I could buy this if I wanted to. Um, but but yeah, remember it, his but,
1: episode with Barack Obama? But, Barack Obama's uh, like to Jerry Seinfeld uh, yeah. in the back of the car. OK, they're having this conversation and he's all about kind of the truth in comedy and the truth in just figuring out what what is actually real in the mm-hmm. moment. He's always on the quest for that. Mm-hmm. Just that's what he likes to do He yeah. said to Obama He's like Boxers are briefs in the morning Take me through the president's day <laughs> And he's like I, I do like uh, I do briefs I've always liked briefs <laughs> Is that he's right? Like, I don't remember what uh, Barack Obama said But he was like shocking. Interesting I wouldn't have thought briefs For the president <laughs> <was just> like, <laughs> And then they're in the back of the car And it's he's fun, like it's, and, it's funny hearing you do it But he's like, to, he's like So what do, you, what do you miss about not being briefs? He's like uh, uh, You know the truth is Jerry I miss the anonymity You know not being famous has its perks And Jerry goes no, it doesn't. <laughs> he's like, you prefer this? He goes, and he points to the limo he's sitting in with Brockman. He goes, <laughs> acknowledging all of it, the success and the struggle and the this and that. He, yeah. He's very self-aware of it. I don't, you don't get the sense that we spent too much time on Seinfeld. I don't even know if I'm <laughs> I don't know defending I mean. him to the core. But what I don't get is that he, there's, anything, there's anything he's not projecting right out to you. It's all very much on its sleeve.
0: Yes, and, and, and maybe my problem is just, is just, I, just I just don't find it so funny. Right. His opening of his special,
1: 23 Hours a Day or something like that, I forgot what it was called, it was yeah. at the Beacon Theater. He goes, I don't have to be here, you decided to come here. I don't have to be here, yeah. but I decided to spend this hour with you. Yeah. And it's this condescending, Like I don't have to be here, but yeah. the refreshing honesty of it all I think do, people do right. find very funny. It
0: doesn't bother you that he's a satanic pedophile? <laughs> 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 we'll end it there. <laughs> no, like, um, uh, can, can we transition? Just one thing. He he interviewed um, Sebastian Maniscalco on Comedians and Cards. Yeah, and yeah I I, I recently watched it, and I was I I meant to ask you, can you do Sebastian Maniscalco saying booster, booster shot? That's saying the word booster.
1: Sebastian Maniscalco taking the booster,
0: <laughs> booster. Why? I just I just, just want to hear the, the to word. Hear, I want to hear him say it, but you're the closest uh, I can Why get. Are you doing? <laughs> Booster, who's
1: getting that? I don't have a perfect maniscalco, but okay. a little bit. Yeah. That was alright. Um, that's good. I'm trying to think, he'd he be like, "That <laughs> I was walking down to the pro Who's got the signs? Who's doing? Have you got that?" He's like buddies with Seinfeld now. What a dream! But that's him saying, yeah. "Booster." I don't know. All right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a strange request, Booster. <laughs> there there, it there, is That's what I Booster? wanted Booster? I got that's the, the one I wanted you're taking
1: One shot Shot in the arm Shot in the other arm mm-hmm. How many shots Now we're wearing the mask <laughs> That thing.
0: I, I had just, a good impression I But imagine, a friend
1: of mine Nikki Smiggs Has the best one So yeah. once somebody cracks it The best one I
0: just imagine him reading Like, like an article About boosters And all, his only response Is just one word
1: Booster? Bo-
0: Booster? Booster? He just says it over and over Booster? Yeah. Um, you right. like Sebastian or you're
1: going to take him down too? Come on. He's no, I sweet-
0: like him. No, so he um, – I don't know. Like, What's the difference between him and him and Seinfeld? Why do I like him and, and why do I get rubbed the wrong way with Seinfeld? I wonder. That's is what we're trying to figure out. Because Sebastian looks
1: like a Persian Jew you might have gone to school with. I think I know, you know plenty like- of
0: people who look like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> so doesn't he have that look though? Like hey. – <laughs> kinda. <laughs> I know he looks very Italian, but he also kind of could pass for a Great Neck kid. Yeah, he looks like a guy who does like, like <laughs> patio tiling, and has made a fortune doing it. He owns like a patio company.
1: Um, he, pays- he doesn't have an ar- I mean, he has a. dish bothers me. People bother me. People. But he, but he, he doesn't have people. an arrogance. He to- loves yes, people. Yes, there's a he love loves, for people. Yeah, yeah.
0: All of it vents on stage. Like, even like, I mean, you think Larry David has a love for people? No.
1: No, he's cranky.
0: He is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So why doesn't that bother me? Because he doesn't bother me at all.
1: Because he's not as successful as Jerry? I don't know. You think
0: he's way more successful? Probably you're
1: right. Um, Because he strikes you as less powerful. (laughs) He's like, oh, he's always getting beaten around and and not in control. And maybe there's a part of you that connects with his... I frailness I and just weakness and vulnerability i don't
0: like the jerry inside myself that's okay. what it's all about okay that's what it is yeah i guess so
1: so shout out to jerry seinfeld We'd love to have you on the podcast yeah come on
0: the show jerry to hash it to have it out with michael anytime
1: he, a guy like him couldn't give less of a shit about this podcast like i don't
0: think there's anyone else no he he literally you know like some people you imagine they read the comments and like you know they don't like the negative ones It kind of like ruins their day a little like he i don't think he would care you know ZK, what is, 0%. But you know what? Okay,
1: we have to close on this point on Jerry to put a cap on this. Okay. To me, what is appealing that you might not be understanding is he has a roasting energy to him. You know when you watch a roast of somebody and yeah. they're being an asshole, but like on purpose calling out the truth of different things look at
0: this guy and they're being like a a patrice o'neill sort of character sort
1: of yeah and they're just being brutally honest to the point where it's like refreshing and funny yeah and jerry has that and i think it can be confused with arrogance or condescension but he's just like what are we doing you know always in the moment roasting and it's not from a place
0: of love yeah
1: maybe that's what i think i think that is patrice is one of the greats oh gosh would he be huge right now
0: Oh my, I, or I, he's I think so about anti-famous? it often. I think about it often how he would have a podcast. But Tim wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> he had a no. great, uh, someone just told a story. I think maybe Nate Berghazi or something, okay. where um, he was in a room like joking around with Patrice O'Neill and, and he made a joke and Patrice mm. just looked at him and went, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I looked away. He, he didn't even give him the uh, the Who's dignity of a response. Again, I'm blanking on He's like a southern oh, comedian. Yes, yes, yes. He had, he just had a special on Netflix. But Was he joking, Patrice, or not? Um, no. I don't it was also so. in that show, The Green Room,
1: on, on uh, <laughs> Showtime, because Bob Saget kept like just piggybacking off of people yeah. and joking, and then he goes, "Okay, okay, wait, wait, Rose, stop. Bob, say something." attached to what she just said <laughs> come on that's what you've been doing and just calling it out he would have thrived the in best. the independent comics environment yeah. where he could just start his own podcast exactly Tim Dillon style
0: answers to no one
1: and answer to no one because he mm-hmm. was so anti-industry, so hostile towards it. He would have done so if, well if he
0: had lived like one or two more years, oh. right? When, when did Marin start his podcast?
1: If he was alive now, I'm just saying I think he'd have a he'd be huge in that yeah. space. Yeah. Now he just it's sad to see someone who didn't and find their didn't wait didn't was
0: about to arrive home yeah for
1: their for what they do
0: and what he's so good at and what Chappelle is so good at and I don't know if we have time, but I want to talk mm-hmm. about what that movie Don't Look Up mm-hmm. I think really fails at yeah. is really boiling down something to. its essence Mm -hmm. and just busting your mind open and being like that's the thing Mm -hmm. and like now I can move forward and take that kind of insight and like and like do something with it.
1: That's a big nonsensical statement. We have to dissect because yeah, I understand so, what you're saying. I think, but we. So yeah.
0: did you see? Don't look up. No. Okay. So it's, I made
1: my parents watch it while we while they were babysitting. It had like two and a half hours on. <laughs> yeah. So I just like I put it on before I, we hacked the babysitting really well. They came yeah. over. I had popcorn ready.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mom's like, oh, it's not a favor. It's like a treat <laughs> to babysit for us. I said, here, look, look. Did you see this movie? And you know, like, once they hit seventy, you just put anything on and they'll just do it. They don't. It's an Apple TV. So my mom's like. I don't know how to do this. Wait. I'm like, just leave yeah. it. It's playing. It's it's already playing. Oh, okay. So I just left it at two and a half hours. Yeah. So I knew we have two and a half hours to go out. Yeah. And then we come back and they looked like they were sleeping watching it, but mm-hmm. they weren't. They're just so docile. Was, <laughs> I, I peeked through the window to see how much time we had left. Yeah. And on our way home, we walked in and they're just like, I thought they were passed mm-hmm. out. But then my, my dad and mom were just like this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they'll watch anything. <laughs>
1: anything. Move it's the moving pictures. Yeah, they'll yeah, watch it. No, anything.
0: my mom's the same way. She my mom has like it's wild what the array of stuff she watches. Um She doesn't know. Yeah. She's like, she's like, Do you see that movie Coda? Like, the, the movie about the deaf people? She's like, Yeah, it was all right. She watches like literally she, anything Apple TV puts in front of her, she'll watch and she'll watch it. it's it's quite amazing. It's, it's, it's,
1: it's like aging, it's the circle of life because when the babies yeah. are babies, you put anything in front of them, and you know, my one and a half year old, I'm sure yours was just like so you try your parents become these infants, and you're just like here a screen with moving pictures. Oh I don't know, so there, was, there was something on. Yeah. So anyway, we put that on, but that was don't um, Did they like it? They don't know. They don't know. <laughs> I came home. I was my dad's like, hey, you know, it was just a little bit goofy, a little goofy. I was like, I something environmental, you know, I had its say. Yeah. My dad definitely picked
0: up on liberal vibes, yeah. but like, like, he was like,
1: hey, it was a little goofy. Like, um, you know,
0: a... they like. Did you like it? That was Netflix, right? Yeah, oh, I like Netflix. <laughs> All right.
1: And then my mom's like, it wasn't serious,
0: <laughs>
1: but she doesn't know what she was watching.
0: I think she, that's her word for I didn't follow. Like, was that it, a movie or a TV show?
1: I don't think it was meant to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good funny. On. That's parents in their seventies watching movies. Yeah. It's foolproof. Yeah. Put on two and a half. So I decided next time for since they can't remember which movies they've seen or not seen. I'm just gonna put on the Irishman mm-hmm. every time they babysit because it's four hours long and I'll have the whole night free. <laughs> what is this? Is that De Niro? How come he looks younger? How come he looks older? They don't even have Brooklyn accents. But I'm starting to just—is this to old? Them. Is it new? It's—I I don't know. Did we see this already? Um, <laughs> it's amazing.
0: But um, you were saying—well, it's—it's a long point. I don't know how much how much more time. Oh, it we was have. just
1: about that Patrice anyway, O'Neal. We'll, we'll,
0: well, no. Well, don't look up oh. like. Um, I I, I think it really failed to... I I think it's sort of, like, billed as a satire. Like, truly, it's just a lampoon. They're just sort of... they're, it's what SNL does they, they're mm. just saying the thing that's happening right. without any sort of like satires where there's like a really sharp insight a point of view where you, that you can take with you to better understand South it the, yeah this was just sort of mirroring and I think that's the problem people had with it it was like the media is messed up the government's messed up politicians are messed up if a comet came it would be messed up and we're like yeah we know mm-hmm. but like I don't want to sit through two and a half hours of that mm. I can just watch CNN whereas Patrice and I think what Chappelle does with that like eight and a half minutes special he did, he's not just saying we have a problem in this country with police cr- with like you know mm. uh, police abuses. He he's able to, and I think it's what comedians do well. I don't even remember what he said, but like
1: diagnose it offer diag- insight.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and and that's and Patrice was like so so good at that. And like that's I think that's what we want for movies like Don't Look Up to like we all know climate change is an issue, but say something in a way that'll change something. Mm. Or make you and, think, and you didn't do that. You just, I you just it. said there's it's a problem, and we can't fix it. And we're like, well, thanks. Whereas when Patrice broke down a problem, you're like, you're like you oh, would say, you know
1: what it is. Here's yeah. what
0: you haven't thought of yet that I thought of potentially. Right. Maybe you and, have and, ch- and 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 sort of enact change in some way, perhaps right. because you're. You're, you're diagnosing the problem. It's like right? if you went to
1: a doctor and he just described all your symptoms to you but didn't <laughs> yeah. give you anything. So you're not feeling well. Exactly. You have a cold. Your nose is stuffed. Your leg is bumped. Yeah. Bummed. You're, you have muscle spasms. Okay, bye. Yeah, yeah. And you're like,
0: what? You yeah. Can't
1: move anywhere from there.
0: Right. Right. And they, that's what the movie was, and it's and it's disappointing because Adam McKay is great. You have the best actors in the world. You have no budget. Mm, that's and, what happens. And it's he... like this is what this is what you're giving. Adam us? McKay was the. He's the guy. He was Will Ferrell's former partner, mm-hmm. and he did Vice and right. The Big Short, and now he did this.
1: I'm noticing with a lot of these things too. Uh, I'm guilty of admitting I watched that new revamp of Sex in the City. That first episode was and just on. like that. And just and just like that, which is also just everyone looks awful. They <laughs> look, they look terrible. You know, it's just, what are you doing, guys? Like, think of something else. Like, reliving, everything is just nostalgia rehash. Mm-hmm. But what was really bad about it was they just, by checklist, mentioned every modern thing that exists. Woke! You know? Huh. Woke moment. Woke. They just started mentioning things. Somebody's just making a TikTok. And everything is just like, see? We're caught up. You know? Yeah. And then, like, there's a professor. And... Uh, not Miranda. No, Miranda? Who's the Yeah, she hand?
0: has a friend that's like the...
1: She has like an African-American yeah. professor and she starts like stumbling her words and like it's just like highlighting everything but they're like checking off every modern issue, every modern social issue yeah. without any story yeah. or any finesse and you're just like, oh, you're desperately trying to appeal to the now and say... What would these women
0: be like with Sex in the City? But they're yeah. 70 years yeah. old. <laughs> and, so, and so there's a remedy for that situation. Um, a, a show called Station Eleven mm-hmm. on um, on HBO Now yeah. is like, is whatever that problem is, mm-hmm. a show like Station Eleven, it, it's about a worldwide pandemic that they started before the pandemic. So get through the first episode. The first episode's like rough, mm-hmm. but get through it. And like, that's an example of just like, after a minute and a half, like that Louis joke I talked about last time, you're just in. Mm-hmm. You're not aware that you're watching a TV wow. show. You're not aware of like the issues they're getting at you. It's just like a story, and you're in it and you're engaged. And like that's how you, if you want to change something like climate change, give people something like that because mm-hmm. like a story can really change right. things. Just yeah, listing off Station the problems 11, okay, is not going to. That's the going into 22, yeah. hit and
1: run, and <laughs> out of <a> season four. <laughs> Eh. And <laughs> if you want to just watch derone pretend you're watching derone from fata for a while but pay attention to nothing else i do it and around. run otherwise it's a no enough said on that
0: so quickly wait before we go you started with breaking down your 2021 yeah. um what are you looking forward reflecting to reflecting on 2021 yeah, yeah. what i'm happy because i cut with, you off with all my questions
1: yeah but 2022 going in
0: yeah what do you want to say Okay, bug <laughs> 2020, <get> baby. <laughs> 2022
1: is really about the technical side of, you know, I say phase two of mm-hmm. whatever I've been able to build over the last year, phase two. Continue what I'm doing. I'd like to do more high-res stuff, put more resources and energy into some of the sketches and funny bits, grow this podcast, continue that audience, but continue to grow that audience, and that's really about just keep putting on episodes, and this is episode 12, and episode mm-hmm. 13 will be in the new year, 2022. So... We'll say enough on that, but 2022, 2022 is yet to come, so we'll have to see what happens. It's just about applying ourselves consistently. Okay. 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 <laughs> That's Buckle Up, episode 12. 12.
0: <laughs> Happy New Year, Happy last New Year. week, everybody. Well said Michael.